In the Fourth Podcast with your host, Cole Northrup, and I am still recovering from those games this past weekend. I mean, the divisional round was absolutely spectacular. I honestly do not know and cannot comprehend yet what happened in all four of those games. I mean, up and down, back and forth, the the Kansas City-Buffalo game was absolutely stupendous. It reminded me back of the Rams-Kansas City game on Monday Night Football a couple years ago where it was like 54-51. Absolutely, absolutely amazing game. And that's where we're going to start today. So I was watching that game last night, and I almost, you know, probably took about five years off my life, had, you know, a roller coaster of emotions within a 10 to 15 minute span being a Bills fan, right? Watching Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes duel each other. Really, it felt like they were the same quarterback at that point. Uh, Both of them had like a .51 EPA, which is literally insanity. That's not supposed supposed to happen. Um, But at the end of the day, I think when you look around the AFC and you take a 1,000-foot view of this and you say, okay, I'm Cleveland or I'm New England or I'm even Tennessee, right? And I have Tannehill and I have Baker and I have Mac Jones. And you go and you watch that game last night and you say, wow, we got to compete with those demigods at quarterback on a yearly basis for the next eight 12, 15 years, that's awful. That's an awful thought because your quarterbacks, as we saw on Saturday afternoon with Tannehill throwing three picks against a, you know, average Cincinnati defense, your quarterbacks cannot compare, right? So you have to be legitimately perfect at every other side of the ball to be able to compete. And the Bills were. The Bills had the number one ranked defense and they still couldn't stop Mahomes. The Chiefs had a top 10 defense in the back half of the year, and they couldn't stop Josh Allen, right? It's offensively inevitable now, right? The rules are so skewed in favor of the offense that there is no way that a good defense is going to be able to hold them down. This is not 2005 anymore. This is not the 1990s where a good defense will win you a championship. That's not the, that's not the case, right? A great offense will win you a championship now. That's, that's just what it is. And so you're these other AFC quarterbacks or these other AFC teams, and you look at other quarterbacks that aren't even in the playoffs right now. Herbert, Lamar, right? Deshaun, Burrow. I mean, it is, it is an insane list of AFC quarterbacks up and down that you're going to have to compete if you're New England with, if you're Tennessee with. If you're Cleveland, right? We're not mentioning Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, who easily could be one of the best quarterbacks in this league if he gets some help, right? We're not mentioning Zach Wilson, who's going to have a better a better team around him next year and could start to pop a little bit, right? We're not talking about Tua, who led the league in uh, completion percentage. All of those quarterbacks, super young, super good, and those were the 8th, ninth, 10th best quarterbacks. We're not talking about Carson Wentz, who had a really, really good year this year in Indianapolis and frankly rose above expectations in, in a general sense of how he was going to play, right? So you have these average quarterbacks that are 18 through 20 on the list, right? These Kirk Cousin-esque quarterbacks, and they're just not going to be good enough. 
They're not going to be good enough to beat Herbert and then go beat Lamar and then go beat Josh Allen in a three-game span, right? You can't, it's just not going to happen, right? So I think you have to look at this if you're Tennessee, if you're Cleveland, and you say, we have to take an absolutely major swing. And this is where I give credit to the Rams because the Rams have gone out there they haven't had a first-round pick in five years. They won't have another first-round pick until 2024. So they're going to go eight straight years without a first-round pick. And they have decided to go all in, right? Aaron Donald traded for Jalen Ramsey, traded for Matthew Stafford, right? They traded for Marcus Peters and then traded him away. That's just what they do. That's what they do. They acquire stars. They're a big-time market. That's how they want to play the game. And so far, it's worked out for them. Now they're in the NFC Championship game, right? So I think you're going to see these teams look around the league, especially especially the middling teams, the Minnesota Vikings of the world that have these average quarterbacks, and say, we got to push our chips to the middle of the table. we got to go and say, hey, let's win now. Let's compete right now. Here's three first-round picks. We'll deal with it later, right? Because it hasn't affected the Rams when you look at it. It hasn't affected them in five years. Okay, so you're Cleveland, and you say, hey, I have Baker. Here, here, Seattle, you give me Russ, I'll give you two first-round two first picks, a defensive player, and Baker, and let's call it a day. Okay, you're, you're Tennessee. Here, Green Bay, here's three first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers, and take one of our defensive linemen. Okay, that's what you have to do. That's what you have to do, because those are winning moves. But going out and winning the division, and then getting bounced in the first round because you play a better quarterback is an inevitability now. It's going to happen, especially if you had average quarterbacks running your team because you have absolutely spectacular guys in the in the league. It's the golden era of quarterbacks. They've never been more important. They've never been better. And they're just going to beat you in every way possible, right? Justin Herbert has a team around him, but next year he's going to be exponentially better. It's going to be his second year in the offense. It's going to be his second year under that coaching staff, his third year overall. I mean, this year he's already he already beat Mahomes in Kansas City. I can't imagine what he's going to do next year. I can't imagine. So I think if you're one of these middle pack teams overall in the in the in the NFL, you have to reevaluate what you're doing. Because no longer is average going to get you where you want to go. You have to be elite at the most elite position. And that's where I rest my case. Coming up next, was Sunday the last time we've seen Tom Brady play? All that So Sunday, Brady came out. The Bucks got their tails whipped in the first half. And then I'm pretty sure... His entire resolution with the devil was reaffirmed because somehow the Tampa Bay Bucks managed to get four fumbles in that game, all from the Rams, that all turned over. I mean, it was just absolute insane luck, right? The Rams really tried to choke the game away. Um, they got bailed by a busted coverage on Cooper Cup with 40 seconds left, and that's what set him up for field goal range. Hats off to Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford for recognizing that that busted coverage and taking advantage of it. But that's not where we're going with this. When you think of Tom Brady, and when you think of what he's done in his career, winning seven Super Bowls, right? Being 
not flamboyant, but the face of the league, and everyone knows he's the face of the league, right? And to go out on a Sunday afternoon, get beat while your team's kind of banged up a little bit, you're missing AB, you're missing Godwin, your right tackle's hurt, your right tackle's backup's hurt, um, and to just to go out like that and get all the way to the finish line, right? Make the entire comeback, 27-3, tied up, 27-27, and then to lose. And for him to say, I'm going to hang it up after that performance, after that game, with that result, doesn't sit well with me. I don't think he's going to. I think he's too much of a competitor to look at that game and say, that's, that's it. That's the way I want to go out. Now, Brady has said that he wants to go out on top. And when he says on top, he means playing his best. And you can argue, and people have argued, that Brady has had an MVP season this year. I certainly can see the argument. I don't think he is the MVP, but I can understand the people that make the argument, right? Led the league in pass attempts, led the league in passing yards. Uh, I believe he led the league in touchdowns. Just all the above, because of his amount of pass attempts and pass completions, just had the volume overall and the numbers to beat the other quarterbacks, right? But Brady, at, at his heart, deep down inside, really just loves the game of football. And I don't think he wants to go out on a Sunday afternoon losing to Sean McVay and the Rams and just say, hey, that's a career. That's it for me. I'm done. I'm going to go sit on the beaches down in, down in Caicos and, and call it a day, right? I just don't think that's not how Brady's supposed to end. So I think he comes back for one more, right? And it would be really, really fun to see how they're going to mix and match this team because the Bucks. Overall, from a management standpoint, from a, a roster standpoint, they messed up this year. They messed up this year. And you're going to say, how cool. They were the best team coming back. They brought everybody back. They were the favorites to win the Super Bowl. That's why they brought everybody back. And that's the issue, right? Hungry dogs run faster, right? No one was hungry on that team. Everyone had already gotten fed, right? Last year, they were hungry. Last year, 95% of them didn't have Super Bowl rings outside of Brady and Gronk, right? Now, the entire team does. The entire team's a little bit more banged up. Why? Long Super Bowl run last year. Went deep in the season, short in off season, right? So when you bring everybody back, all 22, and tell them, hey, go do it again. Go play football for eight months, or sorry, six months, and we'll see, we'll see where you are at the end of the time. That's really hard to do. That's why we haven't had a back-to-back champion since the Patriots in 03 and 04, right? So I think they retool it. I think they bring some fresh blood in, whether that's at the receiver position, whether that's on defense. And they say, hey, Brady, we're going to give you one more chance, one more shot. Let's go try to win this thing, right? Let's run it back. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But we can at least say we gave it our all. By the way, don't forget this. This Brady thing in, in Tampa has already been a success, Okay, it's just like LeBron in in LA. They've won a championship. It's been a success. So anyone that tells you otherwise is wrong because Brady went down there to win a chip to show that he was better than Belichick, and he's done that. He's accomplished that. Okay. So I think at the end of the day, they're going to run it back, and I cannot wait to see Tom Brady next year with the fire and the fuel to try to go win his eighth Super Bowl. Coming up next, who's to blame? 
Rodgers or the Packers? So we watched the San Francisco 49ers go into Green Bay and Lambeau and beat Aaron Rodgers without scoring an offensive touchdown on Saturday night. And you look at it, and A, let me make this point, quarterback wins, saying that they are a stat in favor of the quarterback playing for said team, died. They died on Saturday night. And the reason of that is because Jimmy Garoppolo won that game, right? The defense for the San Francisco 49ers played out of its mind, okay, held one of the best offenses in the league to one touchdown and one field goal, okay? Jimmy Garoppolo and company didn't score an offensive touchdown. Their touchdown came off of a blocked punt, okay? Jimmy was awful for most of the night and somehow, some way, is now in the NFC Championship game. I don't know how. I really don't. But don't tell me that quarterback wins are a stat and that quarterbacks who win games deserve to be paid more or anything in that nature because they don't. It's all about how they play in regards to either a loss or a win, right? Number two, Aaron Rodgers, okay? So for the people that tell me that Rodgers needs more weapons, Rodgers doesn't have a defense, Green Bay hasn't built around him, they haven't. In the past, they haven't. I'll give you that. They had pretty poor defenses in the past. But this year, they had a pretty great defense. It was a top 10 unit. And it held the Niners to three offensive points. Where was Aaron Rodgers in all of this? Oh, yeah, that's right. He didn't throw a touchdown. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. They, they only scored one touchdown all game, and that was on the first offensive possession where basically every, every play is scripted. So at the end of the day, if you're the MVP of this league and you're at home on Saturday night coming off a bye, right, where you had two weeks to prepare, you were rested, you were ready to go, you had most of your star players back outside of David Bakhtiari, everyone was back, Zadarius Smith was back, Randall Cobb was playing, Jair Alexander played, all these guys, these all pros that everyone hyped up during the year to make you sound better than you were, they're all back, they're all back, and you're going against a team who is banged up, they're a West Coast, Southern California, warm weather team that likes to run the ball, likes to be physical, but they have to come up, they have to play with a quarterback who has a shoulder sprain, who has a broken thumb, right? A right tackle and Trent Williams, who is banged up, George Kittle hopping off the field yesterday, or on Saturday, Debo hopping off the field on Saturday on one leg because he sprained his ankle. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers were banged up up and down, and they still went and beat Green Bay. So for Rodgers to be on this team, to be leading this team, to make all the hoopla he did in the offseason, right, about this being the last dance, about Brian Gutekunst not being good enough, you know, as a GM wanting him fired, all of it, and to go out and to lay a dud like Aaron Rodgers did, really has to make him look in the mirror overall about who he is, right? Because at the end of the day, I don't know what he's what what is he going to be remembered remembered as? Is he, is he even the best quarterback of his own franchise? Right? I mean, I think you can argue that Brett Favre 
certainly has a has an argument for that, right? I mean, Brett Favre went has a, has a Super Bowl, has a couple different MVPs, right? I believe it was three MVPs. Rodgers now is going to have his fourth MVP, only one Super Bowl appearance. So, at the end of the day, I can understand the argument for Favre over Rodgers, over stats, over equal Super Bowls. I mean, it's a travesty. It's a travesty that Green Bay only has two Super Bowls with a 30-year run of a top-five quarterback in the league. It's a travesty. It is. But at the end of the day, some of this lies at the feet of Aaron Rodgers, and he has to come back and say, okay, do I really want to commit to this stuff, or am I going to be a distraction the entire year? No matter if that's in the offseason, no matter if that's who they draft or who they want to draft, with his vaccination status, which even though I didn't th- think that was a big of a deal, people made it and blew it out of proportion. At the end of the day, Rodgers was in the in the news way too much. He just was. And if he wants to go to Denver and try to win a championship when he's got to play Patrick Mahomes twice and Justin Herbert twice and Josh Allen and Lamar and Deshaun Watson, etc., good luck to him. Good luck to him. Because I'll tell you what, I think the NFC is pretty weak. The NFC is pretty weak when you look around, right? Tampa might not have a quarterback anymore. I don't know who's going to win the NFC South. The NFC East is Dallas, but they're they're a flame out usually. Your own conference, your own division, has Kirk Cousins, the middling Kirk, Kirk Cousins, a Chicago team that doesn't know which way is up, and a Detroit team that's actually getting better. And then you have the NFC West, which is by far the best conference in the entire league. But... I mean, Russell Wilson might not be there. Jimmy Garoppolo, chance he, they might not be there, and they're starting a, uh, a rookie, really, next year in Trey Lance. Stafford will be there. And there's questions about if Kyler and, and Cliff are going to survive the the year, the offseason. So it's a lot easier to find a path in the NFC to the Super Bowl than it is in the AFC, and that's just how it is. So if you're Rodgers, do you really want to leave Green Bay? That's for a non-NFC team. I mean, sure, you might be able to go to the Giants, but I don't know if that's any better. You might be able to go to Washington, but with their chaos in that in that organization, is that any better? At the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers has to take accountability for the way he played, for the overall upset that he's caused in that organization for the last 12 months and probably will continue to cause here in the next six. And that's what it is. But at some point, and I've said this before, at some point, your off-field issues, your drama is going to outweigh your production. And when that happens, you're going to find the door right out of the organization. You've seen it plenty of times, whether it's T.O. or Chad Ochocinco or A.B. You've seen it. Kyrie Irving in the, in the NBA, you've seen it. And Green Bay, like it or not, might be coming to that point really, really soon. I appreciate you guys tuning into this pod. It was a absolutely phenomenal weekend of football. I cannot wait to preview the championship games coming up later this week. I will talk to you guys.